Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until 10 p.m. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Just before we go to our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Again, uh, reinforcing, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Love the passion in oil country. Um, it's uh, it, The Oilers obviously are likely to need a second-pairing left-shot defenseman. Uh, lots of discussion around Duncan Keith. There's a desire from his camp, by all reports, to come here. The analytics community has picked it apart. We have some people out there in the Twitterverse that basically saying, how dare Edmonton even consider Duncan Keith. Others of you are making more rational arguments. Let's go to Haji, who texts us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, if the owners have to give up Jones and a prospect uh, for only Keith, it's going to take more than your propaganda machine to keep the torches and pitchforks at bay. A team by Kate's owned by Kate should not feel enticed by real dollars versus cap dollars. I'm actually enticed by the thought of Keith as a second pairing D-man taking on a mentor role, but at the end of the day, the Oilers are in a position of power, not the Blackhawks. Stick to your guns, Holland. Well, what I'm saying is that in Chicago's mind, that is why they don't want to eat it. I didn't say the Oilers are enticed by it. I said part of the reason why, in theory, you would think Chicago wouldn't want to eat any salary is because of the real dollar value and what Keith's contract is at, Haji. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. We played the clip from Jim Mora. And not surprisingly, some of the left-of-center types out there go, Jim Mora sounds like every other centrist Trump-tard out there. That text comes into us. Jim Mora's legendary for having exchanges with the media. Again, I stated, today there's way more access and information for fans than when Mora went on that infamous rant. Another texter says, Bob, you're paid to sell it. There you go. There's your text. Uh... Another texter says, Bob, is Erica Branson a left side UFA? 
No. He's a right shot, and he's a third-pairing guy. Keith, second-pairing guy. Let's go to Brian Lawton. He's been in the chair before, a former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, headed up Octagon's agency. We'll hit on Nugent Hopkins a little bit later. Brian, you've seen the reports on Duncan Keith. You've watched Duncan Keith. Can he still play? He can still play. Uh, you have to take into account what system they're playing, who's coaching, a lot of different things. You just can't go by last season and what the players' numbers were. That's why you want to blend. It's not just straight numbers. It's also not necessarily eye test, but taking into account other factors that don't show up in the analytics. I like Duncan Keith for a variety of reasons. I think he can still skate, but it's really his leadership. You cannot deny what Montreal was able to do, plucking some veteran players like Corey Perry, even Eric Stahl to a much lesser degree, that have added significantly to the mix. The Edmonton Oilers are a very young team, regardless of whether they get Duncan Keith or not. I believe they would be well served to add. They don't have to be an old team, but to add at least a few veterans that could maybe help show the way to a lot of different players on this Edmonton team. Connor McDavid's great. Leon Dreisaitl's amazing. Neither one of them has gone deep in the playoffs in the National Hockey League. They have the pedigree to do it, but it would make their lives a lot easier if you got some more veteran leadership in there. I would not take Duncan Keith at 5-5, I will tell you that, Bob. But I think that there's some middle ground there. I really do. I think there's a deal with Chicago potentially maintaining 30 to 50% of the salary. If that were to happen, I think this would be a very good deal for the Oilers depending on what they give up, not being anything other than what I've heard. All right. Guy so like Jones is expendable, Bob, to me. So right now, as of today, and I don't know whether or not you've had conversations with Chicago. I'm going to guess maybe you have. It's my belief that right now they don't want to, they don't want to eat any money. Does that add it at this time? Does that change the closer we get to putting in your expansion draft list? Can it that does change? for me. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So what's true today may not necessarily be in a true, a true in a week for now for Stan Bowman. Correct. Hundred percent. I don't have any doubt about that. So, you know, this is one where you just you got to be patient, but you have to be outside of the box this year. I don't care who you are. I've talked to a number of GMs. I talked to somebody the other day that was calling it the, the, the NHL stood for the nothing happening league in regard to moves made because of the salary cap crunch. Now, there's nothing you can do about that. It was a pandemic. But it's pretty stifled out there right now, and that's why I say out of the box. A day ago, a couple days ago, a guy like Phil Kessel, a guy that nobody would want in Edmonton, just got paid a $5 million signing bonus. You have a team like Arizona who isn't so concerned about the cap hit. I expect a guy like him to be moved. Would Edmonton consider him? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying think outside of the box. Things you wouldn't normally do, you have to consider. See, we Arizona's looking for draft picks. Right, right, right. We have people, Brian, that are sitting there saying, well, Chicago's got to take back James Neal under the premise that they buy Neal out. He's a $7.6 million real dollar buyout. And Keith's got three point six million in real dollars left. If you're Stan Bowman, are you do are you taking James Neal back? 
no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, that's that's just not that's not realistic. What is realistic is recognizing Stan's position, though. And Duncan does have a no-move clause. He does have great performance and history and revered by the fan base behind him as well. So he's going to dictate if he goes anywhere where he goes. He seems to have made it clear that he would accept a trade to Edmonton. Somehow you have to figure out a way to take advantage of that. All right, so you watch them, uh, and I'll be honest, you watch them more than I do because of your role in the NHL network. I was really focused on specifically the North and a little bit on the California teams just because, you know, I know a couple of the coaches down there. So, uh, and i, I got to be honest, I watched a lot of Pittsburgh and Washington too because it seemed like Sportsnet had Pittsburgh and Washington on every week. Uh, tell me this, can Duncan Keith at least play? So people, the, the, the hardcore, and, and again, from the time when Jim Mora was coaching in the NFL, there's way more access to information, better uh, deployment of video, all those things. So we've got hardcore fans that say, Stoffer, you idiot. There's no, like, Duncan Keith's not even a third-pairing, or he's just a third-pairing defenseman in today's NHL. You've watched him. Do you think he can replace what appears to be cleft Like, they didn't even have cleft bomb last year. But do you think Duncan Keith can play as a second-pairing left-shot D in the NHL, Brian? Yes, I do. And I do think that's part of thinking outside of the box. Everyone will discount him because his age, he's 37, turning 38 very soon. But as a lot of players have played, because of the way they're conditioned and Duncan Keith falls into this, guys can go longer than you normally expect. Duncan Keith, to me, is that very guy. I mean, he led their team in ice time. The fans do understand that, right? A team that had a surprisingly better season than a lot of people thought they would have. I think he was a big part of the reason for that. Uh, I didn't like the way they necessarily played defensively. Um, and yet this guy got a ton out of himself last year, playing against a system that I think didn't favor him. 23 and a half minutes a game nearly. That's pretty darn impressive, he asked me. The next closest guy was not a defenseman. It was Patrick Kane. That makes sense, obviously, to the fans there. But Duncan Keith can still play. Uh, it's a worthwhile risk. You're not going to find a lot of options this year. you got to look under every rock to come up with the best possibilities. For a team like Edmonton, that desperately needs to add some veteran leadership, in my opinion. What do you think McDavid and Dreisaitl want Ken Holland to do? Those guys would revere a player like Duncan Keith. They're fully aware of his history. Um, there's not a lot of guys that are going to move the needle for them, but he would be one of the few players in terms of respect that he would immediately bring to the club. And I mean those guys would respect him enormously. All right, let's switch focus. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins signed last Tuesday. You attended your friend Tom Curver's funeral on uh, Wednesday, so we didn't have a chance to have you on the show. Obviously, that, that absolutely takes priority. Uh, I know, you know, you 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 hired Rick Vallette at Octagon. You were you were at the head of Octagon, I believe. Mike Liutz, kind of that uh, senior head slash cephalus role from the Republic, where he's he's seen as being, you know, that 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 older voice. What did you think of how things ultimately shook down with Nugent Hopkins, um, and the agency Octagon, and the Edmonton Oilers? Well, ultimately, I think two parties got something that they very desperately wanted. I think the Oilers wanted to keep Ryan. He's been a good player. 
Uh, he's played well. He's one of the few guys that if you just analyze his game, not just points, he actually played pretty well in the playoffs. I know they didn't get the job done, but I liked what he brought to the table. He does a variety of things. The price point is so low, in my opinion, for a guy of his ilk that you had to do it if you're the Edmonton Oilers. The term is too long, but like a lot of general managers, Ken Holland will worry about that down the road. Uh, on the other side of it, Ryan Nugent Hopkins got what he got. He clearly did not want to go to another team, and that really shone through. I have no doubt he could have got something that started with a six in, it in free agency. I also have no doubt he probably wasn't going to get any more than five years, certainly not six or seven. Ultimately, he made a commitment to Edmonton. Edmonton made him a commitment to him. And I just think this is going to be a really good move for both parties. Ryan is very successful there. He'll continue to be that. He won't be the premier player on the team, uh, but he's the type of guy you can win with. And because of those reasons, I love this move for Edmonton. I, I always find it interesting when people say, well, you can't win with that guy because they have, like, I, I had people say to me, well, you can't win with Taylor Hall. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? The guy won two Memorial Cups. He won a Memorial Cup as uh, you know the year before he was drafted. Then he won the he was he was the MVP of the Memorial Cup in back to back years. He's a winner, and he just needs like in hockey you need there, there's lots of factors that have got to come to fruition. You need goaltending, you need depth on defense, you know you need depth at forward, and the Oilers have been a little light of it. So I'm interested to think you uh, you, you hear you say that you think you can win with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I agree. I, I believe the same thing. I also believe it wasn't the easiest negotiation. Do you agree? Um, based on the information that you have, do you think that's a fair assessment? I do. I do. I mean, sometimes uh, there's things you'd like to do differently. You know, Edmonton was out of the gate with a pretty good offer way back when. Uh, that offer was not accepted. And unfortunately, over time, as more information came in about the market, that offer kind of eroded away in terms of at least AAV. The years didn't actually erode away, but the amount of money per year did. In the end, you're seeing this more and more in the NHL now. Look at Braden Shen. You know, maybe players aren't getting the high number that they want per year, but they're getting more years, whether it be one, two, or three, than maybe they expected, and that's balancing it out. How that gets reconciled, you know, five, six, seven years from now, Nobody really knows. I think everybody would be in agreement, though, that the salary cap will be significantly higher. Um, and there's some new things coming down the road. Uh, the TV deal won't be redone before. Well, it will be redone towards the end of that. But we already saw it take a nice jump up here. Uh, Seattle's coming in the league. That'll help. Uh, I think you'll have a cap by then that'll be enough to support even having to maybe handle an overpayment from for a guy on a cap hit basis in year seven or eight at least so you focus on getting the money that maybe if you would hope to get over six and extend the deal over eight and deal with the last two years accordingly both parties are doing that you know the player's loss is that if he's still good at that stage and we're seeing players play longer than ever then they end up losing out because it would have been better for them to be freeze. Their gain is that no matter what, you know, they're going to get a certain amount of dollars. And a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, if you look at his career, you know, you're talking about essentially a $90 million player. Uh, Ryan's not a greedy kid. Uh, I think if you had asked him before he started 
as a pro and said, I think you could make $90 million, he would have told you you're nuts. <laughs> well, that's exactly what's transpiring. <laughs> Absolutely. Brian, uh, just in terms of going against the grain, perhaps we can, because the irony of this, uh, Tampa Bay has a chance to win their uh, second of back-to-back cups. They need to capitalize. I mean, they could be down as many or five or six players from this team by the start of next season. I think, you know, obviously they got, you know, the free agents, Goodrow and Coleman, Savard on defense. There's three guys there. They're probably going to lose three of the following four players, Tyler Johnson, Palat, maybe Kalorn probably keep Gord. Uh, so they got a strike. But the base of that team are two players that you drafted. One where I think there was some strong consensus on Stamkos. Uh, the other, Victor Hedman. And you basically had to pull rank, didn't you, in terms of making that decision to draft Hedman in that draft year? Uh, I, I did. You know, as a general manager, you're always involved in all the meetings. Ultimately, when you have a high pick you're going to reserve the right to make the final decision that particular year. You know, there was a lot of disagreement. Um, you know, we were, we were as a group more leaning towards a different player. Ultimately, um, I used those powers to, to not agree and make a change. That's all that happened. It happens more than you think. The GM knows the buck stops with him. It's on you. And it's a thing that could live with you forever. Um, I believe you build your, your team from the blue line in both directions. So for me, it was kind of easy. Victor Hedman, you know, to me, the worst case scenario we were getting was a guy that won a Stanley Cup and had an incredible career before of an unfortunate injury, Jay Bomeister. That was the worst that I thought Victor Hedman would ever be. And I don't say that disrespectfully to Jay, but that was kind of the floor. Now, the ceiling was much higher, and that's what a lot of people have seen, a very nice ceiling, a guy that will not be the MVP if Tampa wins the Stanley Cup, but a guy that I still believe is the most valuable player on their team night in and night out. Yeah, well, ultimately, it's uh, certainly worked out. And yesterday, we had Sebastian Coase on the goal, or on the air. You know, he's obviously the goaltender for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, Jerry Johansson, uh, who has the aforementioned Duncan Keith. Jerry's got both uh, Wallstep, the Swedish goaltender, and Sebastian Kosa. We just had a situation where the final four in the NHL all had first-round picks as goaltenders. Did you have, you know, we know you've interviewed, uh, teams have reached out for you for present GM jobs, uh, uh, you know, since you left uh, Tampa Bay, and obviously you're, you're working for the NHL Network right now. Do you have any hesitation? Have you run any analytics on the success of uh, goaltenders going in the first round? We've not had a w or a uh, major junior goal goalie uh, selected in the first round of the NHL draft since Malcolm Subban back in 2012. So do you have a theory or a perspective on that? Because I know you're going to be working the draft show for the NHL Network uh, coming up here at the third week of July. I do, and I did get a chance to interview Jesper Wolstead on the weekend, and what an impressive young man he is. Uh, as is uh, Kosa, to be honest with you, both these guys I think will be top 20 picks. That's going to buck the trend. Why do I say that? I think people are looking at Spencer Knight, the impact he had already last year. I think they're looking at Vasilevsky as a 19th pick overall. Spencer Knight was 13th. And I find more guys that are just a little bit more open to selecting a goaltender, and that would be a paradigm shift 
in how managers have looked at this. Traditionally, they haven't wanted to do it. Of course, Kerry Price was selected fifth overall, so you don't want to sleep on that. He's obviously proved full value, even though he hasn't won the Stanley Cup. Uh, he's still going to be a Hall of Fame player with his resume, with the things he has won. So I think it's changing. I think the salary cap era has something to do with it. I think the pandemic is contributing as well. I think people are recognizing how valuable the goalie is. And if you see a guy, you know, Florida is in a really precarious position because they signed Bobrovsky. Uh, if he wasn't signed to a $10 million deal long term, I think you'd be seeing him go, them going with him as the number one guy and keeping a guy like Chris Dreger, who they'll right. probably lose in the expansion draft. So I think eyes are wide open this year more than ever. Askarov, of course, was selected last year by Nashville as well. Um, I think you're going to see a shift. I really do. And both these guys are going to be right at the forefront of it. They're both excellent goaltenders. Um, people are just realizing that goaltending, especially cheap goaltending, is more valuable than ever. How much uh, intel and, and time is spent by NHL managers trying to figure out what other teams are going to do? Uh, because it's my belief that Chicago and Edmonton, as an example, probably could, you know, the Oilers don't have a ton of goaltending prospects that are, you know, even second-rounders. Like, I look at Ottawa, they got like four or five guys that have been drafted in the second or third round here over the last uh, six or seven years. Uh, not the case with Edmonton. And Chicago, obviously, could, I mean, Chicago's drafted 11th. Could you see the Hawks taking a goalie at 11? I could. I really could. Um, you know, like Edmonton, they don't really have a long-term solution in the mix. Uh, and there's a few other teams like that as well. And, you know, you're going to be leery of them. But uh, when I add it all up, I, I honestly believe both these guys will be selected in the top 20. And that would be unique in itself. I don't think Wallstead, I've heard some crazy things. He's going to move up to the top seven. Same thing for Sebastian, potentially moving up significantly higher than, you know, most people have him in that 15 to 20 range right now. Uh, they always have goalies in that range, and they never go. I think it's going to be different this year. Brian, love having you on the show. Uh, thank you for your perspectives on things. Appreciate it, Bob. Thanks for having me on. From the NHL Network, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, he headed up Octagon's agency, the number one pick in the 1983 NHL entry draft. That is Brian Lawton. He is our Oilers now headliner for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. I'm going to uh, get to a couple texts here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. 
in a few minutes. Uh, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. It's 1255 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.56 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Again, Brendan Escott taking the uh, uh, dealing with something today. So he'll be back at it tomorrow with us. Special thanks to Angie Quinnell for pulling in a couple extra hours. We're going to tell you that if you're a golfer and you're looking for a great VIP golf trip, you can join New West Travel. Uh, Dennis and Jason Laliberti. Dennis is one of the biggest sandbaggers in the city. Uh, pretty good golfer, or so I'm told, at least by uh, Dennis. They've got a spectacular four-day golf getaway in the spectacular mountains of Whistler. This uh, package will uh, take place in September. It includes airfare and a private WestJet charter with complimentary open bar and meals, three nights in a deluxe suite hotel, four rounds of five-star golfing in the coastal mountains, and a new West travel golf tournament with prizes. All... Uh, Transfers can book now and get a free upgrade to a one-bedroom suite. To book your tea time, call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. All right. I got two minutes to bang off a couple texts. Here we go. 7804960063. Colton has texted the show to say, I'm taking Brian uh, Lawton's word on Duncan Keith. Last night, Reed Wilkins had a guest on from the Hawks organization and basically said that Keith is done. He's slow uh, and he thinks slow on the ice. But I'm going to take Brian's word. Brian played the game and worked in the game and knows the game. He's an excellent guest and he's usually right with his opinions. Well, he was the guy that told us that uh, Dave Tippett was going to get the job. He was uh, bullish on... um, his comments about how Tyson Berry would fit Edmonton. I mean, it was was a one-year deal, 3.75. By the way, the individual that Reed had on the show last night was not a member of the Hawks organization. His name is Ben Pope. He's from the Chicago Sun-Times, and Ben's entitled to his opinion. That's how it works. Uh, Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob says, John, I get the impression that not all, but a lot of the analytics supporters have never been in a locker room. They don't seem to understand things like character, leadership, or heart. Uh, I think some of the analytics guys have have been there before. I think it's tough to... How do you you, you analyze with graphs and charts what character, leadership, or heart brings a team? I, I... that's that's sort of a nebulous area. So, again, we played the gym. We're going to do a show in the offseason. I'm not going to give away the farm here. We're going to have some fun with stuff like Jim, what Jim Moore did. I, I do think we're in a different time, and I do think there's a fair amount of information out there, and I get um, some of the uh, concern. That said, when somebody sits there and provides you what sh- where Chicago's at right now, I'm not saying that's going to be the deal. I'm saying I'm hearing that Chicago doesn't want to eat any money, and people are losing it because that's where Chicago's at today. Doesn't necessarily mean that's where they're going to be at a week from now. We'll see how this ult- what ultimately happens here. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Maybe Keith gets traded elsewhere. Maybe Keith ends up staying in Chicago. I understand Chicago's position, though, I'll tell you that, in terms of the... He's got $3.6 million in real dollars left. So Chicago's basically already paid him for, you know, $11 million cap hit, $3.6 million in real dollars. They've already paid him two-thirds of the real money in the next two years, if you want to look at it from that perspective. 
So maybe that's part of the reason why they're they're sort of taking the tact at this time. Maybe that changes. Maybe there's pressure that's, that's applied by uh, Jerry Johansson as well from the Sports Corporation on Stan Bowman. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, Louis DeBrusque from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.